0: Welcome to Red Ice Creations Radio. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. This is Henrik Palmgren, and we are coming to you from the west coast of Sweden in Scandinavia. We have a new program available for you on Sundays and Thursdays, Talk Radio on Important Topics with Interesting Guests for Your Consideration. We have our regular guest, Alan Watt, back with us on the program today. Alan spends some time with us once a month to talk about important subjects varying from mythology to history, conspiracy and the New World Order and so much more uh, that he covers over at his website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Uh, welcome back to the program, Alan. Uh, great to have you on the line again. Yeah, I'm glad to be on. Yeah. Great. Uh, what's been going on over at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com since we last spoke? You're you're keeping busy, I see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got uh, more shows coming up. And
0: definitely, you do like uh, almost once every day, I guess. Or not a radio show, perhaps, but you're definitely putting up your with your audio blur audio blurbs that you put up there. I guess it's once every one every day, I guess yeah pretty well mm. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, keeping busy to keep the, keep an eye on what's going on in the world and just trying to track it all it's a, it's a full time job as it were
1: <laughs> yeah I, I try not to get waylaid by the details because when you know the big agenda you don't have to wait to see who what politician introduces what bill you know they must do these things and the politicians are interchangeable so Plans were laid down a long time ago. You know the agenda and you expect all these laws to come to pass
0: as they go on their way. Yeah, speaking of the the agenda, I have to uh, ask if you heard about the recent developments over here in... uh, Europe, you know, we got our we got ourselves our own uh, council on foreign relations as it were. The ECFR do they they call it. Uh that's right. <laughs> I'm not jealous of the US anymore, you know. <laughs>
1: no, no, now you have one too. Isn't it great? We're all equal we're all equally <coughs> under uh the totalitarian propaganda
0: rule. <laughs> that's right. That seems to be um <clears throat> they're modeling the EU after the uh the U.S. in that sense very much. Uh, probably in some in the future years to come, here they're probably going to bring in a, a precedent uh, like like they have on the, over in the U.S. to you know not watch over it all, but be the puppet, as it were, of, of it all. You know.
1: Well, Karl Marx talked about it, remember, in 1800s. You'd have a united Europe with the Scandinavian countries included, and you'd have a united Americas. That would be the second one. And then there be the Pacific Rim conglomerate as well. Three massive trading blocks, each with a, a provincial government. But so the national government becomes provincial under a super world government. And well, here it all is, and, and voila, it's all coincidence. Eh?
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, my 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 mind goes back to. Um, basically, the Holy Roman Empire. I mean, uh, the EU when they they had this constitution that was signed back in uh, October 2004. This was, of course, subsequently thrown out by the Dutch and the French by votes in 2005. But when they signed this this uh, treaty or the the constitution. This was uh, basically in front of this colossus, colossal statue of, of Pope the Innocent X. And this reminds me, uh, uh, draws my mind back to the Holy Roman Empire. That's what I see as the model here, basically.
1: Yeah, well, these characters, especially the Council on Foreign Relations, which is just to remember, uh, all non-British Commonwealth countries have a department, they have their own department, They have them, and they're called the Council on Foreign Relations. In Britain, it's called the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Mm -hmm. And that's the parent, that's the big granddaddy that runs all the the CFRs, the Council on Foreign Relations groups. Now, they they came out of the Rhodes Scholarship Program for world government based on a British model, the British Empire. And Cecil Rhodes set up the Rhodes Foundation for Scholarships, who would pick the not so much the brightest people, but bright enough, but also who were involved in social issues at university, and they would be promoted for world leadership. And they merged with the, the Alfred Milner, Lord Alfred Milner Group, the Round Table Society, and they became uh, the nucleus for this world system. They also were the ones who, who put forward the League of Nations, and then the United Nations, they drafted up, helped draft up the constitutions for them. So, it's the same group, you see, based on free trade, um, uh, trading regions or blocks under a super world government. This is all their agenda. And you've got to remember that even in, in Sweden and Norway and Denmark, uh, they've had Rhodes Scholars being sent over for years, trained. And when they come out of the Rhodes Scholarship Program at Oxford University, they go back to their own countries, doors are opened.
0: Oxford University, you say. Uh, I, I've heard that a lot of a lot of the professors and so forth on on Oxford. Uh, I don't know if Cambridge also is involved. Are uh, kind of these high level socialists, who are actually referred to as the, the Fabians? Do, do you know if this is uh, you yeah. know? Tr- yeah. What they
1: did was was they they branched out from the from the, the Rhodes and Milner Foundation, the Royal Institute for T- International Affairs. And they, they, they looked at the categories of society from the upper, middle, and lower classes, and they set up a, a particular society, a subgroups that would lead each section of society. And so for the for what appeared to be initially for the working people, they gave them the Fabian society. So they became the top labor uh, leaders uh, and they also were put in charge of u- big, big unions and so on. But in, in reality, they were all part of the CFR or Council on Foreign Relations.
0: Hmm. To, yeah. There we go. And uh, I think uh, Bill Billy Clinton is one of those high-level uh, guys that that were. Um, you know, he was a Rhodes Scholar, wasn't he?
1: Yes, he was. So was uh, I think. So was uh, a Pierre Trudeau of Canada, who became prime minister. Mm-hmm. And Pierre Trudeau. Uh, it's quite amazing that the man was the head of the Comintern Party, that's the International Communist Party. And he led the delegation from Canada, Young Communists, in 1952. And yet, years later, he ran for to become Prime Minister of Canada. And not one single newspaper mentioned that that fact, which they all knew.
2: Huh, there
1: we go. And he became Prime Minister of Canada. He started the national debt rolling off. He pushed integration the multicultural idea, and then uh, started the ball rolling into integration for the Summit of the
0: Americas. Hmm. There we go. Uh, do you know if, if Rhodes, uh, the scholarship, still is uh, around to, to this day?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they pick them every year. Really? And uh, and still send them. That's the premier foundation for picking and, uh, and training world leaders, not for countries, but for, for the world integration.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Do you know if Blair is involved in this also? Tony?
1: Well, we know that Tony went to Oxford. He was an Oxford man. He was groomed at Oxford. And I'm still waiting now that he's left his main position to... Because the press always afterwards tells you more about the prime ministers and who they really are. Up until now, we don't know who who this man is. We know he went to Oxford University. We don't know anybody's lineage, his parentage Mm. uh, or anything else. That's still a big mystery, but one day they'll eventually tell us. And he'll be related to the right people. You'll find
0: <laughs> exactly, definitely. And I guess the other one going in over there right now, uh, Gordon Brown, is just—it's interesting that they always put in, always, but in most cases, the, uh, the 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 finance minister that has been under the former president, when the or uh, or prime minister when he leaves, uh, they get the finance guy up there. That, that's happened in Sweden many times also. Uh, uh, do you have any idea why they why that might be a strategy for for them
1: yeah because we're run by economics basically, and the banking boys and fraternities uh, are high up there in placement of prime ministers etc they They want someone that that knows the con game of banking, which is just a big con game hmm. and and uh, compound interest debt taxation. Uh, the system, in, in, in other words, the, the whole system, which is a form of slavery, that uh, keeps us all uh, under under the, the big uh, fist, and uh, they need someone who understands the cons, who will go up there and sign everything he's told into law.
0: Well, that, that's right. Um, I don't know if it was the inaugural speech of Gordon Brown, or if it was a speech that he did before uh, he was officially put in as the Prime Minister of, of Great Britain, but. Uh, in this speech, I don't think you could squeeze in uh, the words New World Order and New Order more uh, in, a, in a speech to actually make it just con- you know, contain of those uh, words.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, yeah, yeah there's, there's no doubt. We're, we're under a complete, integrated, well-organized, well-connected, interconnected system here of what appears to be different groups, but in reality... It's just a pyramid of groups, all taking their their orders from the same head, and uh, it, it's been a push, a dream of theirs, this world utopia, for a long, long, long time. A utopia for them, that is, for or for the elite. Yeah. And um, uh, they've written about it since the French Revolution fairly openly, that eventually they'd have war after war, and if they could simply speed up the process. Of creating wars and, and bringing the synthesis out of them, and the treaties that come out of them, which means further integration, bigger empire building. Eventually, you join all the empires together. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a three or four chessboard uh, games going on at the same time, and eventually those boards get put on the big board, and we're all integrated together. This is their strategy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um... This re- reminds me again, if we go back to, to the EU, for instance, and we've been talking about this connection with um, the, the biblical connection, I guess we could say, because very interesting correlations between, if you look at the uh, EU, the parliament in, in Strasbourg, uh, the, the building itself, yep. um, it, it is very similar to a painting that a... Uh, uh, a guy called Peter Bruegel did back in fifteen sixty three and this is kind of a famous image of of the Tower of Babel mm-hmm, yeah. uh, have, have you seen the correlation between the 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 building in Strasbourg and this painting? Have you seen those
1: yes i have
0: isn 't that and, amazing
1: uh, yeah it is amazing and it 's also the old the old you um, call it the the invisible college this uh, allegorical type image in the mind. Of this round round tower type structure that the rosicrucians brought out in the 1500s and uh, those artists in those particular days were members of the rosicrucians you'll find uh, a lot of occultic meanings within their artwork mm-hmm. so i'm not surprised at all
0: yeah but because again they had the um an, an ad uh connected with with this image uh if, if you look at the strasbourg building that is very similar of course but then they have an an ad i think this was back in the 70s actually uh, or maybe later, um, an ad for for uh, Europe basically, and it, it was called one of the 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 text on the poster basically was uh, Europe, many tongues, one voice. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I mean, again, it goes right back to Tower of Babel and the the one language that everyone had, you know, at the beginning. Yeah. So, so and in
1: fifteen hundreds the Rosicrucians, uh, Francis Bacon, and John Dee, and others said that they were creating the international language of the future, which would be English. And mm-hmm. it is the international business language of the, of the present.
0: Mm. Uh, could, could we connect this with uh, um, the uh, the commandments on the, on the Georgia Guidestones, maybe? Have you heard about this?
1: Oh, yeah, that's the same thing. and <clears throat> A Christian Rosencruz, which is a Rosencross, yeah. or Rosicrucian, that's all it means. And... Um, the rosy cross has always been a symbol of the, the higher occult, where those with spirit mean themselves, in other words, uh, would guide the world into this final um, utopia that they'd planned, but they also want to kill off, because they do believe in eugenics very, very strongly. They believe in breeding, good breeding. Not a new idea. It's been there for centuries and centuries and centuries. In fact, the Old Testament is nothing but begatting and who marries who. It's <laughs> eugenics. And... uh so eugenics has always been involved with the superior types and the inferior types, according to themselves, and they want to kill off the useless eaters. And that's why we live in an economic system which is theirs, the psychopathic system. And therefore, the, the system that's coming in, they don't need all those workers to service the world and make and produce things. Therefore, they want to eliminate what they call the useless eaters, as Lord Bertrand Russell called them
0: going back a little bit to the bible again um, uh, this is reminds me when you when you're talking about the the, the breeding and the and the eugenics of it all that, um, that this is has to do actually with with the with the bloodlines or the, even the line of, of uh, uh, i don't know if i should, should say cain because that's that's probably a, the wrong idea here but I tie this together with the idea of the 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 punishment after you know again the the tree in the garden of eden and all this that the uh, death actually was was something that was put on man or a, or a sin that was put on man because of the uh, the thing that happened in the garden with the, with the fruit uh, tree, tree of knowledge and all of this um do you think that there could be some kind of a more esoteric overall overarching theme here to uh, actually tying this together with with life extension technologies and living forever and uh, the punishment of death, basically?
1: Uh, Well, the Old Testament, remember, is all allegory of the rules that this system works by. That has nothing to do with real people. And Cain and Abel, one represents the the nomadic type that follows his herd, that's Abel. He was able to do it, you know. Exactly. And you find that Cain could... (laughs) But he was he was static in the beginning of what they call civilization as the end of the nomadic life and the beginning of agriculture. That's what it means when you get people static together. Now they have homes. Now you can own the homes. Now you can own the farms. You can own the land.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so it was a, as a system coming in under the idea that they gave it a name of Cain. Cain means king. Cain means ruler, actually. Yeah. You're, you're, they used to use that in a school your ruler was made out of cane, by the way, you know, bamboo. <laughs> <coughs> and um, so you have the, the, the measuring of everything, the measuring, the weighing of everything through cane. <coughs> From cane came king. And kingu is what uh, the, the, the ancient Mesopotamians called their king, kingu and kingu, uh, all these different variations of cane. But cane and Abel, cane shows that he who had the will to kill off Uh, would would become top. He become the top man, oh. and uh, that's what it really means. And you eat your enemy. In ancient times, you used to eat your enemy symbolically, and you took the power of that enemy into you. That was cannibalism. Cain, cannibal, cannibal.
0: Ah, there we go. Exactly. Wow, <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. I, I was thinking about things like uh, cocaine and sugar cane. You know, uh, the drug, dr- the drugs, and all of that stuff. You know.
1: That's right. That's right, and that's why you get high, you measure the height, you get high on drugs. Hmm. And it's all related to the old mystery builders, the big builders of society. As I say, it's not real people in the Bible, it's an allegory of the system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's an allegory that they are um, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're following, I guess, and that they're trying actually to implement on on, on our level, or at least... If there is mythologies in there, like the book of Revelation and all this, this might be something that they're actually are trying to uh, create here or striving for in in one sense.
1: There's no doubt. There's, there's no doubt that in Genesis or the gene of Isis, you have, you have a beginning. It starts with gene, the word gene, remember? Exactly, yeah. And we remember that. Never forget the word gene. And, and it tells you in there that there's a deity, right? A deity who creates first man and woman in chapter 1 in the perfect sameness, the magio, the perfect, perfect sameness as the God, meaning they were gods themselves. Hmm. And in chapter 2 it tells you there was no one to till the soil. Now the first one was called man and woman in the perfect sameness. Chapter 2 you have, there's no one to till the soil, so, so Adam, meaning earth, ruddy, red, red, and Eve were created. What it means is an allegory of a superior type that's ruled the world, who have, who are like gods to themselves, as far as they're concerned, but they don't do the work. Adam and Eve, every, the commoners, do the work. Mm-hmm. So, there's, so the, the Bible starts off with a class or caste system built right into it for those who
0: understand it. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so mu- so many connections here again going back to the ba- the Bible and we've talked about this before, I guess, that, that
1: and it also tells you uh it told Adam and Eve to go out and replenish the earth, meaning it had been replenished or populated before this God came along.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's that all about? And even when uh, Cain got his mark um yeah. by God because he had slewn Abel uh, he was afraid to go out in the land because he was afraid that he would be lynched basically because of what he had done. So again, suggesting that there are more people out there, you know, the beasts out there yeah, or, probably. exactly. And, th- and that, that might be even a, a kind of a reference to the, uh, how should we put it? The, 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 the people or the humans that were around, what well, was around at that time, but, uh, weren't, uh, considered to be within this class that you talked about, of Adam and Eve, the, the rulers, basically.
1: That's right. And, and, uh, and so technically, you see, most folk are not men or women. Uh, they're they're from, from another species, as far as the elite are concerned, um, a lesser type of, of, of being, uh, a human, as they call it. And uh, even the word human from the earth again comes from the red, ruddy earth, earthy.
2: Hmm. I, earth. I thought that
0: hue man stood stood for uh, for humble man. Do you know if that's true?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we I'd say the hum part is true. We're good worker bees. <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah,
1: we're we're uh, it's really from the earth, from the humus. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Um, Hey, listen, I just wanted to return a, a little bit and talk about the, uh, the ECFR again. Uh, just mention a few of the members that are, that are in there. Most of these guys I haven't heard about. This is, of course, the, the, the regular, I guess, politicians from around Europe. Uh, the former Finnish president, Ma- Marti Aktisari and the, uh, uh, current special UN Envoy for Kosovo, uh, one guy called Joschka Fischer is the former German foreign, uh, affairs minister. who well, I might get the wrong. I'm not sure. And, um, former EU counterterrorism coordinator, Timothy Garton Ash, uh, and one guy from, from, from Poland for, foreign minister. But one interesting guy that they had in there, I guess the representative of the bankers or whatever was, uh, George uh, Soros, and he's got a good spot, I guess, in there.
1: <laughs> That's right, the front man
0: for the Rothschilds. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be making decisions, I guess, on the e- economical plane and telling the other guys what's, what's w- you know, what is up and what is not with the uh, ec- economical vice, I guess.
1: Yes.
2: <clears throat>
1: yeah, this thing's so far ahead. And this is what Margaret Thatcher referred to in her speeches when she was touring the globe after she left as Prime Minister of Britain. And, and her, her lecture tours were entitled "The New World Order." New World Order, and uh, and she said, "We, all the ex-premiers and, and high politicians, meaning the high cabinet politicians, we uh, have formed and are part of a parallel government, hmm. an unelected, previously elected but unelected parallel government. We all know each other. We all work together towards a greater." cause, a greater future. And now this is exactly what was brought up at the beginning of the 1900s in England uh, when the upper elite were complaining about this idea of democracy and that democracy with conflicting parties and bickering could never get anything done in in a hurry because of all their their arguing and therefore they had decided to set up this this, uh, Royal Institute for International Affairs Mm -hmm. which would be a parallel government which would incorporate all the ex Prime Ministers and Presidents into it. That's what we have been living under. And Professor Carl Quigley, who was the historian for the CFR in America and who had access to all the records, wrote the two great books on it, The Anglo-American Establishment and Tragedy and Hope. And he said, and, and this in the 1960s, he said, we have been under this form of government, this parallel government, this secret government, for over 50
0: years. Hmm. Yeah, there we go. Right from the horse's mouth, as it were. Uh, do, 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 um, uh, because I had a question about this a while back Actually uh, Someone who was I guess interested in these subjects And wanted to, to talk more Do you have any good uh, like book recommendations Beyond I guess the bi- biographies Of the big boys themselves Are, are the best source I guess To, to kind of get a, get it from the horse's mouth As it were But do you have any other good suggestions Or, or uh, recommendations for people Who want to dive into further about this
1: They have to go in to the books put out in 1944, 45, 46, uh, by uh, high politicians or ex prime ministers. Lots of them came out uh, in the Americas and in Britain at the time, uh, because they all belonged to this Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR, Mm -hmm. and they, they all pushed books for global integration under a world government uh, uh, they, they didn 't get their way, they thought the public were ready to bow down after World war
2: two yeah yeah uh,
1: but and they were very cocksure themselves, so they published a lot of their findings, but um, and they didn 't get away with it, so they, they went <laughs> quiet again, but worked steadily towards the integration secretly. Uh, there are stacks of books out there put out. I'd have to go through my list though to
0: get those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we can do that for a for a future program. We can go through some of those or, or some recommendations if you have some, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, hey, listen. Uh, I just wanted to uh, squeeze this in here. I saw recently a lecture by uh, a guy that I currently don't remember his name, but he was talking about an organization called uh, Common Purpose. Have you have you heard about this?
1: I have heard about it yes
0: um I don't uh, this was a brief lecture that I watched I I'm not that in 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 tune with everything what it's about and so forth but this was basically if we if I should boil it down this was basically something that he referred to as a some kind of mind you know manip- or manipulation or even some kind of cult basically that trained uh politicians and different people in different kinds of um, authority positions um oh, to actually work against of course at the, as the name implies a, a common purpose uh but what I, I found interesting in this was that um they they said that they set up the organization as a charitable organization and uh, Always with,
1: do. Uh, a foundation
0: Okay, well, yeah, tell us about that because uh, he was referring to that that there are actually different laws that goes in if you set it up as a charitable foundation
1: Yes, you do uh, <clears throat> they have to, number one they have um, they can funnel large amounts of money into the foundation without taxation, uh therefore they're not subject to tax, they also get special exemption laws as far as disclosure of their bookkeeping, who they're giving it to, where the money comes from, or anything else. But um, if you go back into the writings of Albert Pike, for instance, he talked about, um, he said, we shall, we shall gain authority and power over uh, everyone by using every means that are disposable, by collecting money by any means possible, including manipulation of the stock market, and then we shall become masters over the masters of the world. What he was referring to was the creation of great foundations, mm-hmm. and, and that's been reiterated again by, by other characters. Uh, Adam Weishaupt said the same thing, we shall create huge foundations, which then will, will put out charitable organizations, which will be political leader op- uh, organizations in reality, and fund them heavily, and they would demand laws which get passed all in the lane of our agenda and that's what we have under exact- charitable institutions
0: wow ex- exactly and and uh, he, he even mentioned the guy that talked about this the, the common purpose that uh, there are different specifications here in, in regards to what you actually have to uh keep track on or or uh, i guess you know the 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 bookkeeping basically on on what is being said under the meetings there are different laws here meaning that they don't have to keep track on it on in the same way and what i thought about right away was that um hey wait a minute isn't freemasonry kind of a charitable organization this is one of the attributes that goes hand in hand with this that uh you know that they have a lot of charities to if it's you know burn victims or give money give money to hospitals or whatever it might be but a consequence of that then might be that there are different laws that this organization can can go under do you think that's one of the main reasons why it's a, it's a charitable organization
1: yeah you understand that all the occult have hidden behind good works from the very beginning uh, when the knights templars uh, merged, they merged with uh, uh, the assassins, the Hashashin uh, of the Middle East. Uh, there was the Ara- Arabic sect, a very old uh, Arabic sect. Um, they merged with the old man in the mountain. And, um, and the old man in the mountain used to uh, run orphanages, massive orphanages. they taken yep, the widow's sons <laughs> mm. and uh, <laughs> bring them all in and train them in a mountain retreat and call it paradise and give them um, hashish and so on, Uh, women, everything they wanted, give them a good education, and set them out into the world to be advisors to other princes and caliphates and so on. Yeah. uh, But when they were told, even 20 years later, if they assassinate someone, they would go and kill them. Hmm. Uh, So they always hide behind charitable institutions because it's very hard for the Irish person to see behind the charity and the con game that's going on behind the charity. Hmm. Now, I know people at the Rockefeller Foundation, and uh, all these foundations work together. They're not unrelated. Uh, We find that the big foundations, the Rockefeller, Ford, Carnegie, um, and a whole bunch of them uh, were heavily involved in the creation of the Nazi party and the war machine, and those same families that ran the foundations made the big company IG Farben the shell company that was Hitler's war machine. Mm-hmm. These guys were never prosecuted, you know. Um, and Jeez. they're still running the sh- Even the Bushes, uh, Herbert Walker was, was involved in that, trading with the Enemy Act. He got off with it, though. Of course. But, uh, Hitler, that's, that's the Bush family. Uh, so all the present players we have in the U.S. and across the world were all funding the Nazi Party, strangely enough, <laughs> in World War II. And now they run the big foundations as well, and they have their NGO leaders. Now, Michael Gorbachev, who was, remember, the premier of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and he'd been head of the KGB at one time, uh, gave his parting speech to the Politburo when uh, they were pulling down communism, and he said, shortly you'll hear that communism is dead, but don't believe it. We're simply expanding into the next phase. Well, at the same time that was the, he was saying that, Alvin Toffer came out with his book, The Third Way. Newt Gingrich was handing it out to congressmen on the congressional <coughs> steps. And The Third Way was talking about the amalgamation of a, a bureaucratic, communistic system to run the masses uh, on behalf of the, the fascist elite at the top. <laughs> so that 's the merger of communism and capitalism, which it was designed to do in the
0: first place <clears throat> yeah exactly. The two di- dichotomies uh, come together and form uh, for, from yeah. the new yeah <laughs>
1: uh-huh. uh, but the I do notion. know people who work inside the Rockefeller foundation and uh, and uh, I know people who just do nothing but sign checks to these big founda- these other charitable organizations really? remember that the Soviet Union was run technically technically by NGOs, non-governmental organizations,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, but the heads were picked by the Politburo, and they would demand from the government they pass laws on this and laws on that, and the government happily did so. That's the system they brought here, and, uh, and the, the heads of these NGOs are, are, are given full-time salaries by the big foundations.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the, the the non-governmental organizations. Is that something, you said that this merged later, but but it this was what started up in in, in Soviet Union then? or?
1: Yeah, in fact, that's what the Soviet Union, Soviet means that uh, ruled by councils. Really? You know, in, in NGOs. <clears throat> in other words, a, pre- a pretense for the people. Mm-hmm. Well, these non-governmental organizations like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, they get used to getting stopped on the road when you didn't get stopped before by the police. Uh, checkpoints, etc. Mm-hmm. It's all—they all have a, ulterior purposes, but they pretend to speak on behalf of the public. Who now these NGOs groups, these non-governmental organizations, are not elected by anybody. Really,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. we don't
1: vote for them. And and under the one of the big uh, amalgamation treaties for the Americas, they had um, uh, three years ago. For the first time, the big boys at the meeting says we'll have to bring in some of the NGO leaders. To speak on behalf of the public, well, that was the con there. I knew that was going to happen eventually huh. because the NGOs aren't elected by anybody; they're not democratic.
0: So this could be this, this basically could be any kind of organisation, and and the only thing that uh, uh, that makes them an uh, you know is is the law that makes them an NGO. Is that it, or
1: uh, what? What it is is, is acceptance and authorization uh, of the, the United Nations. If the name of the organization is on the list, the accepted list of the UN, they're authorized by the UN.
2: Uh Aha,
0: I see. Okay. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's nice. This could be everything from even, I guess, lobby firms and stuff like that can be NGO or is that wrong? Uh,
1: Mainly they come from the guise of helping the public. There really is putting chains on the public. Uh, You have the international mayors of the World Society. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the mayors, you, you think your town mayor is elected by, you No. that once this guy's elected, he's now a member of the United Nations International Association, and he gets his newsletters and his agenda right from the UN. You have internet, international educational authority uh, groups or parents' groups for education that belong to the UN, and they're unelected as well. They get their orders from the UN. Everything comes from the United Nations to standardize the world.
0: Hmm. So this is applicable worldwide? Yeah. Oh wow, sheesh, my gosh. Yeah, they definitely need to read up some of that. Non-governmental organizations, yeah. Mm-hmm. NGO. Um hey listen, I, I wanted to mention, um in, in this program here also because we have something, uh, an event, I guess, upcoming up soon in the, in the US, uh, a, a exercise actually, uh. Yes something called Top of Four and Vigilante Shield 08. Uh, yeah. These are exercises that are designed uh, to test official responses to the detonation of radiological dispersal device on U.S. territory. And, of course, the exercise will be overseen by Dick Cheney, uh, who will travel to Portland to coordinate all federal departments and agencies' uh, response to this, uh, sim- the simulated attacks. Uh, what do you make of this? Again, we have the, 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 drills or the exercises. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned again, October 15th to 19th, this is going to occur. Uh, anything to worry about? What's your thought on that?
1: It is, uh, one of the big tests to amalgamate. See, what you have now, they call it multi-jurisdictional task forces. That includes police, special units of police, uh, military, special forces, Uh, even firemen, ambulance people, and even civilian groups within, again, society, the authorized civilian groups, uh, who are all working together to see if they can contain whole cities and regions within the U.S. and Canada and Britain, too. Um, I think even Australia is participating in some places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So it's a lockdown, and it's not just to do with nuclear fallout. It's also to do with supposedly a plague uh, that comes out, a pandemic, mm-hmm. or um, even a even hurricane or something like that. So they're using anything that could possibly happen as a guise to try and lock down cities to see how all of these agencies can cooperate together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, these agencies first broke out this multi-jurisdictional task force idea in emergency preparedness back in the early 90s, 1990s in Europe. And they had to practice drills in small towns across Canada. In 95, I saw one happening and, and they had actors or, 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 or volunteers acting as people who'd been hurt and mm-hmm. the military was there, police, uh, ambulance, all the rest of it. And it's in a potato town in Canada. <laughs> all they grow is spuds. Okay. And I said, well, what on earth is going on? He said, well, just in case there's a terrorist attack against Baxter Laboratories, <laughs> which just happens to be one of the main inoculation laboratories that was involved with IG Farben.
2: <laughs> really
1: gone. Uh, and I thought, well, who on earth would want to blow up uh, this place? Hmm. And this is in 1995, long before 9-11.
2: Hmm.
1: And then they gave us all booklets. All the, all the people across the country were given these <laughs> booklets on emergency preparedness against all... Um, Man made uh, or acts of God type uh, disasters.
2: Hmm. So they were
1: getting ready for it back then. Now you're simply seeing the whole dress rehearsal come into play. And I really think, you're talking about the Georgia Guidestones and so on, hmm. I, I think that the plague idea is the perfect way to control and terrify society into compliance, into the whole new agenda that's coming along. You can can move people off the land vast amounts of people you can move them into the big cities for safety uh you can quarantine whole areas if you wish to uh there's so much they can do under the pretense of plague that's what I really fear will come eventually
0: mm, yeah that's that's not not good at all um the reason why i th- I thought this <clears throat> was interesting also was uh if there is something in in a name, it's it's uh, that that's what I kind of was triggered by, so to speak. Here, uh, the Vigilante Shield, because the one uh, that Dick Cheney, the exercise that he oversaw during 9/11, was called Vigilant Guardian. Uh yeah. so kind of eerily similarity there. Uh, so again, well, I don't know the if
1: Guardian th- class, according to Plato, that's what they call them, the Guardians.
2: Oh, okay, so it's interesting
1: mm-hmm. that it uses that term. <laughs> and the shield, of course, is a vigilant shield. Now, a, a shield uh, is very vague. A, a shield um, is something that they can stop incoming, but it can also stop those behind the shield from going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what they're going to do is do contain the NATO. See, all NATO countries, every country that signed the NATO pact um, has been under this for 20 years. And the man alive in Britain years ago did a documentary on a booklet that's supposed to be available to every European and Scandinavian. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, what to do in times of emergency. And uh, this thing was not available to the public. The Man Alive film crew got a copy. Most of it was blacked out. But what was left was bad enough. (laughs) And under the laws of the NATO countries, if there's any radioactive or biological fallout in an area... Then everyone in that area is to be completely contained. And that's mm-hmm. the only point of it. Not to help them, but mm-hmm. to contain them. Any people breaking out from a town or a city have to be shot on sight by the military. And large groups of people trying to flee have to be bombed from the air with the, I think it's CS gas, Sheesh. killed. Really? And that's the NATO policy for containment.
0: Yeah. 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 Um,. Well, exactly. I mean, I guess they have this kind of attitude towards that, especially if there is some kind of uh, plague. I mean, even even if this is uh, artificially induced, as it were, or not, uh, I guess that their policy to this, to prevent spreading or whatever, is to be basically how, how ruthless they ever can be, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing, down through history, I always say, you know, you can, you can, you can read books put out by... Uh, big players in the political field where they outline what they'd like to see happen in an agenda. Mm -hmm. And then you see all these strange things actually happening. Well, how come every time it's all a coincidence, they get what they want? Mm -hmm. You never find anything happening outside of their control uh, in a a natural disaster or anything that that aids anybody else. (laughs) Everything happens to aid their agenda on cue, even the 9-11 deal. Yeah. They wrote about it in the 90s. They, they, they needed something on the scale of Pearl Harbor to get this war started hmm. in the Middle East, and lo and behold, they get their wish.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: I mean, these guys are the luckiest characters I have ever <laughs> heard of.
0: Well, you know, that's why they're uh, our leaders, you know. They're lucky, that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Sheesh. so that's the whole yeah. key to it. And mm-hmm. this um, pandemic idea would be the greatest way to completely change society, especially when you remember Rumsfeld when he said this war might take a hundred years. He's mm-hmm. talking about the complete alteration of the entire system of society into a new system.
0: And and even just the threat of a, of a plague-type virus going around, I think that would be enough. Uh,
1: oh, sure, that's you know. why they gave us the predictive programming of movies like Outbreak, and all the subsequent ones that came out afterwards, all they'll have to do is show you a couple of guy in these suits, Hmm. biological suits, Hmm. carrying a stretcher, tell you there's a plague, and be on TV, so it must be true, and all panic. It's like the mad cow fiasco. Yeah. Uh, For the mad cow fiasco, they showed you the same one cow staggering across across a a road in a barn, uh, towards a barn, the same one cow the same shot over and over again you never saw any other mad cows
2: Hmm.
0: really i didn't think (laughs) about that yeah (laughs) that's a good point where do you think the the agenda is there because i read recently uh, uh, that they were trying to get uh, it more popular for people to go uh, away from the the meat diet and so forth Uh, do you think that's uh,
1: alvin tolther's book alvin tolther again Mm-hmm. The guy who did the third way, the one that Newt Gingrich was handing out. Now, Newt Gingrich remembers the guy who who opens up the the Loyola meetings at Loyola University for mm-hmm. world scientists to do with a brain chip.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: In Newt Gingrich, he was handing out that third way. In that book by Alvin Toffler, it says, we shall create a vegetarian world and it must be so. He doesn't tell you why it must be so. He says it must be so.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. So they, again, it's it's all these kinds of uh, on every small little level, there are, there are these uh, these ideas on where to steer people into, even if it's uh, you know they implement it through a fashion or through a threat or whatever it might be. But or the but, new
1: age too has been pushed through the new age for a long time. Vegetarianism, sure, sure, and yet they copied that from the Brahministic idea of India mm-hmm. uh, because the Brahmins uh, advocated that for religion. And the public accepted it, and you see the malnourished, very thin and stunted growth, not too bright. Uh, people at the bottom there um, uh, that uh, have been brought up in a very, not just a, a vegetarian diet, it's also a restricted type of vegetarian diet. Because mm-hmm. once they've got you all vegetarian, now you're on the modified vegetables. That's all they will allow. And gradually they'll, they'll exclude certain types of proteins from your meals, so you can't even get beans anymore.
0: Hmm well yeah exactly that's the the other side to all of this that you have the 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 gmo uh being implemented on this level too which of course you know everything from basically poisons you and changes even your dna uh to actually you know being more uh you know uh, not 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 enough nutrition basically in the food itself so that's a high you know risk as it were that i see
1: all warfare you go for infrastructure food is first and water
2: hmm.
1: food yeah. and water down through thousands of years go for the food and the water mm-hmm. and when you realize that that what they use and they use it in fish too I, I saw a program on television here from the Ministry of, of Fisheries in Canada and they had to be these water crops going past uh, uh, people workers standing next to these little very small machines And they picked up a fish every couple of seconds just touched it against this little thing uh, which used insufflation like the star trek device for injections it doesn't break the skin Mm -hmm. but it, it gives a high force through and it forces through e coli e coli which is used to go in deep within the dna and the e coli carries the new dna structure and therefore, when every cell of that fish dies off, as all cells do, and as it's renewing, the new DNA attached to the E. coli takes over and then completely recreates the fish.
2: Hmm.
1: They've been doing this for years, and here we are we're getting all these, these modified foods still with the same DNA structure attached with, with all the different coli inside it, by the way. Mm-hmm. They're still active, and, and we're being bioengineered. Hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a scary thought. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> exactly. That's, that's, that's why I also <laughs> think that actually growing your own food and, and actually, uh, again, you know, learning how to, how to plant something, how to grow something, becoming more in tune with nature. This is, I see this as a, as a kind of a key part, uh, a key component to all of, uh, uh, you know, the, the the information and learning about all of this stuff. Also, um, learning how to how to plant and how to grow something. I think that's one of the best things you actually could do in a time like this. What do you think?
1: In a time like this, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Although I do see the day where you'll, they'll forbid you to even have a garden. Mm. And they'll call it antisocial if you're trying to feed yourself. <laughs> in the system that's coming up, you're yeah. supposed to be interdependent.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And
1: that, that's going to be law.
0: Hmm. Yeah, the, and the, and people are gonna demand it too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so
1: yeah, you'll find the city people will. They're the easiest ones to go along with. You know.
0: Exactly, exactly. But still, we have. Uh, we're not at that level, and people still can uh, own land, uh, fortunately, and we can still grow our own food, and that's. Uh, I think that's a good idea, something to to strive yeah, for. It get a
1: hold of the old uh, unmodified seeds. There are a few companies left that, 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 as far as we know.
0: Mm-hmm. They have the unmodified seeds, mm. yeah, exactly, yeah, you have to hook up with some of the indigenous people somewhere and get the like like the CIA did, I think when they were going to... they bought some seeds from the the Native Indians when they were going to uh, uh, store seeds in one of their underground facilities, and then they didn 't went for the you know the super mold, the seeds or whatever they they got to the real source, you know the Native Americans and bought corn seeds from them.
1: What we to understand is, see, we're, the public of the world are under attack. It's a war. It's a total war we're under. We have to realize that for the first time and really snap out of it. Mm. Um, big companies like Monsanto made secret deals with the Canadian government, I have no doubt they did it with other governments too, to test out the, the GMO foods on the Canadian public without the consent or knowledge of the Canadian public. That's mm. been admitted to now in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we were all guinea pigs. And how could a democratically elected <coughs> government, it shows you you're not democratic, you see, how could they possibly enter into a secret deal with a corporation, an international corporation, to test out the main, most important thing in your life, apart from water, is food mm. for survival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they did it for 10 years years before it broke out from Britain by chance uh, that we were the guinea pigs hmm. and uh, so, so we're not under democracy and have got to realize is um, Monsanto and, and the big boys who are obviously authorized by the same high group in the world to be the front uh, leaders in this hmm. Monsanto has been grabbing all of the grain and seed of pretty well everything that had never been patented before and using a loophole which they made sure was in the loss, because the law system works for them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it hadn't been patented before, no one had thought they just passed seeds on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, they're putting patents on all the existing seed, including the unmodified stuff. So when you start to get that seed and grow it, they can come on your land and say, hey, that's our seed, we own the patents to that. Mm-hmm. You have no right to grow that stuff,
0: really, and the original stuff too I, I thought it was just the seeds that or, or the plants oh. that that they actually nope. changed something in
1: for five years now I mean every day there's dozens of varieties of seeds simply haven't been patented. they're doing it every day
0: really yeah Sheesh, yeah, there we go as so I can demand interest on that later or...
1: that's right
0: <laughs> oh my God, yeah exactly well, we're under a
1: attack here, yeah.
0: yeah, oh my God. Um, you know, Alan, I just want to to run this by you before we uh, run things up here for this time. Uh, Al Gore, huh? Winning the Nobel Prize. What do you, What do you think about that?
1: The Gorey man. eh <laughs> yeah. Well, the Gorey man there didn't surprise me because uh, his father and the ones before him uh, were basically trained by Armand Hammer. Mm. And Armand Armand Hammer was a big player for the elite in his day. He had his own offices. Um, across from the White House, and he also had his own offices in in the Kremlin, of all places, next mm. door to Lenin and then Stalin. Uh, so these families, again, these international families, are all part of the high occultic groups. Well interbred, not too bright Al Gore, but he's given his job, yeah. as long as he reads his lines and has his ghostwriters write the books for him, he'll be okay. Uh-huh. But the idea is not his idea, it's an old idea. And sure, they're going to promote the green, green, green. Remember, red is labor and revolution.
2: Mm -hmm. Blue
1: is conservative. Look at the ties they wear at election time. Green is the Green Party. These are all Masonic lodges.
0: (laughs) The coloring again, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you have blue, red, green, and so on.
0: How about, uh, you're speaking here of colors, how about the orange, the color orange?
1: Orange is a new infusion (coughs) of two colors. However, orange... Uh, also goes back to the royal families of Europe, especially Britain too, because they still have one of their main bases at The Hague in Holland, the Netherlands, and it's called the Free State of Orange. That's where the, that's where the International Court is right now for the UN. That's where uh, the Kaiser Wilhelm went after World War One. Mm-hmm. He was never brought up in charges. He went to there because they've international free status, just like the Vatican. They can't touch them.
0: Huh. Free State of Orange, was that the name? Yeah. Oh, okay, the, well... Orange that, Free
1: State, yeah.
0: Interesting. And also the,
1: the, main, the main radical group to fight Catholicism for Britain is called the Orange Lodge, the Masonic Lodge. It's a lodge too, so you have red, orange, green, blue, and so on.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking uh, uh, even of William, uh, of, o- William of Orange. Was,
1: yeah, that's right. Um, I think Billy they called him too, because he came right over from that particular state. Mm -hmm. Orange Free State in the Netherlands
0: Sheesh, yep, there we go, very interesting um, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, again, Al, I want to thank you for for coming on uh, the program again. I think it's a good time to round things up here for for this time. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's al- always very knowledgeable uh, discussing the things that we do. Uh, and as as usual, I want to leave the f- f- uh, the last few minutes uh, the floor open, as it were, to you. So you can talk a little bit about your your website and promote the the books and and CDs and uh, stuff that you have out there.
1: Yes. Look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com for lots of free downloads on all the various topics in the history, the history of all these things we're discussing today, and, uh, and much, much more. Mm. And look into the European site, Alan Watt Sentinel Sentinel.eu, for transcripts available in other languages.
0: Excellent. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's the main website. Alan Watt, thank you again for coming on, and looking forward to speaking with you again. It's a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Red Ice Creations Radio. Don't miss our program this Thursday. We have Jay Widener coming back to the show to talk about his new film projects and much, much more. The website is redicecreations.com. Until next time, upwards and onwards, take good care of yourself.